Welcome to the Diligent Woman Podcast, where Christian women let go of their guilt and step out in confidence by bringing God into every part of the day, learning by examples in scripture, applying simple principles, and trusting the Lord with it all. I am Angela Legg of thediligentwoman.com, and I welcome you to grow in grace and truth one step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Diligent Woman podcast. I am Angela, the Diligent Woman from thediligentwoman.com, here to spend just a little time with you today looking at God's Word to find some encouragement so that you, as a Christian woman, can step out with confidence in all of the areas in which you serve Him. And today's topic that we're going to talk about um, follows what's you know, we've talked about before on the podcast, we've had this concept of the Bible being a textbook for us. And I bet if you went to let's just go to Amazon, because it's, you know, really common. And if you did a search for books on parenting, how many books do you think would come up? How many different books do you think are out there at least in the stratosphere of Amazon <laughs> to tell you how to go about parenting your kids there's tons um there's thousands of them and they all, they cover s- specifics parenting in general they do parenting teenagers parenting uh, toddlers, you know, all of these different things. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books that are written to help you to parent your children. But as we've talked about before too, I believe that maybe there's too much information out there and we get overwhelmed by the fact that there's so much information that that means that we can't understand it. That we're just not going to know what to do as parents. And I firmly believe that God does not put us into positions that we are just flat going to fail in. We are going to fail because we are fallible, right? But he's asking us to do things so that we can learn to be successful in them. So when I say that he doesn't put us in situations to fail, I mean fail in that you can never pull it off. You can never do it. He's not putting you into a situation that you cannot accomplish because God is just and he is loving and he gives us things that are in our best interest. This is how he functions for us. Well, right from the get-go, he has told parents, adults, to marry and to have children and to populate the earth. It's what he told Adam and Eve to do. And then after the flood, it's what he told Noah and his family to do. He tells them to bring children into the world. And then we have lots of scriptures that tells us that parents are supposed to train their children. But for some reason, Satan wants us to believe that God doesn't tell us how. Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures and just kind of chat about that for a second. Over in Proverbs 22, in verse 6, very well-known verse, if you are familiar with scriptures on parenting. It's a, it's a given. This is, the, this is the, the ideal situation. Not every situation is ideal, 
But this is what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rule is, is if you give training, then that is something that will stick with children and they will continue to do that throughout their lives. It's true for any kind of training. Um, if you train them young, they're going to be better at it and be able to do it when they're older. But here, the specific is train them up in the way he should go. God's saying there is a way for your child to go, and they cannot go that direction without training. Our kids will never outgrow the naivety and the lack of knowledge and wisdom that they have as children just simply by growing taller and older. Children become wiser and have more knowledge because they are taught things, and they are shown how to use what they're taught on a daily basis. They will not just outgrow childish ideas without being prompted to have a choice of what's different. And God reiterates this in lots of places. And then over in Ephesians 6 and 4, he speaks specifically to fathers, telling fathers to do this. I do believe it applies to mothers as well, but he's making a point here that to fathers, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but... Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I personally believe that one of the ways you avoid provoking your children to anger is by being righteous and just in the way that you handle them. And that naturally happens when you bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You're not frustrating them. You're not causing them to anger. And you're not causing them to be angry at God because they see something that's hypocritical. You're showing them God's way and you live by it and you train them by it and it makes for a smoother ride with whenever you're raising your children. Everybody's different. Everybody's got free will. Some kids aren't going to go along with that. But God says this is the rule. So let's apply the rule. But Satan has done a really good job of casting doubt into the minds of parents they get the, they have this idea of they want to have family. They want to have these children. They want them running around. But the minute they have them in their hands, they think, I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to help them. I'm not equipped, so I need help. And naturally, we go to other people to get that help. But as we've mentioned before, maybe one of the things that we need to do to take all of the hustle and bustle out of our lives, to bring back some more calm, to get rid of the fear is to reduce the experts in our lives down to one and let God be the expert in our life on parenting. And this is one of the ways that you can use your Bible as a textbook. We have five daughters. They currently range in age 24 down to 11. <laughs> um, they are all good girls. We've been through the teenage years. My husband did the math once and said it would be over 20 years before we would not have a teenager in the house. That for over 20 years, we would have at least one teenager in the house. And most of those, we had more than one. <laughs> so, because even now, I've, our 24-year-old is still at home. Um, but the next two, the 18 and the 13-year-old, they're here. So I still have two teenagers. And those years can be volatile years. But... I also see the wisdom in God's teaching. And for us, 
living by God's teachings and trusting his way and trusting that teaching and showing our children to trust in those things has made those teenage years not as volatile as, as it is for others. Now, all that depends on the personalities of your children. It depends on a lot of circumstances. But a lot of times, it's a lack of training that leaves a gap. And a lack of training is what leads to rebellion. And we can see that in the book of Judges. Whenever Joshua dies, and there comes to be a generation that doesn't remember Joshua and all that he did. You start having generation after generation who follows a pattern of sinning, God having to reprimand them, him sending them into exile or be making them slaves, and then they have to cry out for redemption, and God comes in, sends a judge to save them. And they repeat this pattern about every generation or every two generations. It's a failure of teaching. Something's not being taught and it's not getting instilled in every generation. Um, and God talks about that. We die for a lack of knowledge. So how do we handle this? How do we raise these adorable little babies into functioning adults, Lord willing, who will be a light and bring glory to the Lord at every stage? How do we do that? How do we as parents be confident that we have the skill set to accomplish that? Well, I believe we start by trusting God. There are, over on the diligent woman, there are two scripture writing plans um, that have been pulled together just for a cursory look at how to use the Bible this way as a, as a book that is the self-help book for parenting and it's two different plans so it's 62 different contexts in scripture on this topic um, and kept them specific one of them is just about parenting um, verses that either talk about parenting or um, are things that you can apply to parenting the other one is parents and children and it is a set of scriptures that pulls all of these examples of parents and children from scripture so that you can look at those and see what you can learn and apply to yourself and your children. The Bible is full of information for you. No, it's not going to tell you how to potty train your kids. But I'm, I trust that in a lot of ways that if you figure out this other stuff, if you understand how to train your children, you understand how to teach them, how to nurture them, how to love them the way that God shows us. Some of that other stuff you kind of figure out on your own because there are things that you already know how to do. You're only teaching that new little person to do all the things that you already know how to do. You're not teaching them anything new that you haven't learned yet. You're not teaching them astrophysics. You're teaching them how to eat, how to walk, how to talk, how to read. How to think. These are things you do all the time. <laughs> you already have these skills. You're just sharing them with a the little one. And they're going to learn so much by watching you. So dive into God's word and let him nurture you as you nurture them. For us, I found that was the most natural way to train my children. Our oldest two, you know, they're always kind of practicing on the oldest ones. <laughs> 
our oldest two, I did, I got frustrated finally at one point because I was tired of yelling. I was doing more yelling than practical training for the girls and I was frustrated. I was tired of having to yell all the time. And I had an aha moment that I was yelling at them because they weren't equipped to do what I told them to do. And whose fault is that? It's mine. They were two. Two and three. Two and three. Four and five. That stage before the third one came along. Why is it that they can't do what I'm telling them to do? It's because I didn't teach them how. I want them to do it, but I hadn't given them enough knowledge to do what I said. And so I needed to take more time. I needed to do less talking and more showing. I needed to learn to be patient. I needed to be understanding. And I needed to be merciful. I need to realize that they don't know what I know. And yes, I had to have that aha moment. <laughs> it was like, what a silly thing. But you know, we don't think about it. We just react and just want to go through our day. But do you know how I know that I need to show my children mercy? Because God's word shows that he showed me mercy. And I'm supposed to show mercy to others. And if I'm supposed to show mercy to others, I absolutely should show mercy to my children. They're right there. They're the ones that I'm training and they're having to be with me all the time. And if I want them to show mercy to one another and to share and to be kind and to wait for one another, the older ones to wait for the little ones so their little legs don't go as fast. If I want them to be loving and tender with one another, I've got to show them what that looks like. I can't just demand it. I have to teach them. Well, guess what? The Bible is chock full of ways for me to interact with other people. And every one of those lessons that I need, my children will need. I can't give them all to them in one day. But I can walk them through everything that I'm working on and, and learning on my own. And there's an example of that for us to grow from in Hebrews chapter 12. It says specifically... Let me read it here. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. And it talks about, um, it's talking about the Hebrews resisting. And resisting that they're striving against things. And it says in verse 5, And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? God speaks of this as a given. He assumes that people know that fathers discipline their sons. He assumes all fathers discipline their children. Discipline is nothing more than training and an expectation to abide by the training. It's the process that does all of that. Because in verse 8 it says, But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If God doesn't discipline you, if God doesn't correct you, if God doesn't show you where you're wrong, then you're not a son because that's what he does for his son 
You're illegitimate. He's not caring for you the way that he cares for his own. Well, the implication here is, is God does, right? Verse 9, furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. There's another given. It was a given that mankind knew that fathers are meant to discipline their children, and children should respect their parents for it. That's a given. God assumes that that's a given, that everybody understands that, because he's taking what they understand to make the bigger point about how he is interacting with all of us. So he assumes that we get that, but Satan has done a good job and he's tried to make us forget. And he says in verse 10, or I'm sorry, finish verse nine, shall we not much rather be subject to the father's spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. <laughs> yeah, my, I and my children do not enjoy the whole discipline process. No, not fun. But it's not joyful, it's sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's a purpose in it. It's not a desire to cause pain. It's, it's the opposite. It's to preserve them from pain. I want my children to know that this is going to hurt them. So I'm going to teach them how to avoid that. And depending on the topic, that it takes on a whole wide range of methods to teach them that. But I'm going to make sure that they have these lessons that they need. Because I don't want them to step out and fall into these things that are going to damage them. And God tells us that this is how he treats us. This is why we go through testing. This is why we go through times that are hard to push our faith to make us choose. This is what he did with Abraham and testing him to prove that Abraham trusted God. Because trusting God was the safe way. Well, my friend, this also works as a parent. This is what God's telling you. This is how God works with you. So this is how it works with you and your children. So right there, the way that God goes about training you with positives and negatives, depending on the circumstances. God's very good at encouraging, very good at blessing. But he also punishes and reprimands where it needs to be done. His word is very good at it, right? It works on us. Same holds true for us as parents to our children. And the way to do that and the way to do that in a loving way where you're not harming your children. My children may get hurt as they go about doing work. They may fall down when they fall off of a bike and they're learning to do things. Harm through the training process is not long time harm. They're bumps and scrapes and bruises that cause hurt for a moment. But they put that memory in their head. I don't want to do that that way anymore. And God shows us lots of ways to accomplish that in the training of our children. If you don't know how to go about that, open up God's word and see how he did it. There's not just one place to go to for that. There's many places to go to for that. 
We see in the book of Judges where God is very long-suffering. He tells them, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. They wouldn't listen. And eventually they had to be sent away, be disciplined. And he had to allow them to go through some pain until they had been humbled enough to ask for his help to come back to him. That's the goal, is humility and recognizing authority. That's what needs to happen. And he does that process, and it's not always quick. Sometimes it is. There are some people that didn't get but one chance to undo what they had done. And, the you know, you think of um, Ananias and Sapphira. They deceived, tried to deceive the, the Lord by deceiving the church, by trying to bring money to serve the brethren, but they tried to make it look like they were bringing more than they were bringing. It was theirs. They had, they had no need to do that. They could have just said, this is how much we're giving. But they chose to tell a lie. And Peter calls him out about it. And he says, nope, that's how much I sold it for. Well, God didn't wait for that one. He struck him down and he died right then. Waits for Sapphira to come in. They ask her the same question. Were you aware of this? Did you know this is what was done? Is this how much this was sold for? And she sticks with the lie. She could have said, no, that's not what my husband sold it for. And I was wrong to go along with the lie. She had that opportunity and she didn't take it. And they said, unfortunately, you've done that. And so you too will lose your life right now. Well, that was done and it taught the church a very powerful lesson in the moment. God shows us a wide variety of methods. David and his sin with Bathsheba, it's years. He gives David years to try to think of it on his own to come back and ask for forgiveness for sending Uriah to his death and for impregnating Bathsheba when she was not his wife. And all of these things and the lies that he told, he had years. And then finally, God was like, well, David's not thinking of it on his own. So he sends Nathan and tells him a story. And gets David's attention. And then David responds. God shows long suffering. He shows patience. He shows trying to use different methods to get their attention. Giving them time to try to figure that out on their own. But when they don't, he brings it to their attention. This is how you can use God's word as your guide as a parent. You can use it as a guide to build you up and for prayer. Every one of these scriptures... Um, you know, Hebrews 12, that's an excellent place to start for praying as a parent. Lord, guide me as a parent the way that you have been guiding me because you are my father. Help me to parent my children the way that you've parented me. Help me to be a father who teaches my children the things that are right. Help me to be a mother who shows them the way to do things. Guides them through that, but also expects them to do what they've been told. Help me to teach my children to respect authority because if they don't respect the authority of their parents, they're very likely to not respect the authority of God. These things are handed down. We understand one by understanding the other. God does the same thing in the marriage relationship. You understand the relationship with the church by understanding the relationship in marriage and vice versa. He gives us these things, and they're not, they're not always real subtle cues. They're very blatant. <laughs> and as parents, he tells you, train them. And I think we know what training means. Training is an intentional path 
where you teach them specific skills. You teach them what's appropriate for where they are with an expectation that they're going to grow so you can add the next layer on. I don't expect my two-year-old to be able to unload the dishwasher. But my two-year-old can know how to fold washcloths. My two-year-old can know how to come to me when I say come. Because if they're in danger one day and I need them to come right now, I need them not to fight me. They need to know. Mama said come here, so you come here. Because in the event that there is something serious going on, I don't have time that moment to teach them. I need to teach them before. And that's what God teaches us. The story of Adam and Eve teaches us how God teaches his children and teaches us how we can train our children. God put Adam and Eve in the garden. Lots of good things. But in that garden, he put one thing that was forbidden. He didn't put it behind a fence. He didn't put the angels in front of it yet. He simply told them, don't eat it. And he told them why. Don't touch that. Don't eat that. It will hurt you. And that's what they did. They were obedient. They understood the rule and they left it alone. But they were still thinking about it because when the serpent decides to talk to Eve and to nudge that interest that she had, she's ready. She knows what's good about that tree. She knows the rules. But she knows what's good about that tree. She's been looking at it. She wants to eat it. She's curious about it. And she really wants what might be on the other side of that. She doesn't really know that she believes that she'll die if she teaches, if she tries to eat it. Because she was willing, because Satan said, you won't die. He put one lie in there. One word made it a lie. And she bought it. Because she was ready to buy it. Same thing happens with our kids. They know the rules and they decide to do something different. Well, what do you do? Is there a question as to whether or not they knew the rules? God had no doubt that Adam and Eve knew what the rule was. So their punishment was immediate. They lost the garden and they lost access to the tree of life. So they were going to die physically and it separated them from God while they were in their sin. That all happened immediately. He doesn't wait and go, okay, let's have this lesson again. Don't touch the tree. You've ate it once. Now we're done. No, it was done. They knew the rule. She proved that she knew the rule. So that's a good rule of thumb for you with your kids. When you know that they know, then you deal with it as a rebellion rather than a need to train. But until you know that they know the rules, you make sure you train them. That's what God shows us. And you can walk through every story in scripture that involves children and parents or God and his people. And you can glean something for how to train your children. Every single one. All of those prophets, those major prophets, minor prophets that can sometimes be a slog to, to read through. Those books are specifically God speaking to his people, either as he's getting ready to send them into captivity or while they're in captivity and he's promising that they're going to come home. And it is full of God telling them what they did wrong so that they won't do it again. It's God telling them, this is why you were disciplined. This is what I truly want to happen for you, how much I love you. And I don't want this to be this way anymore. 
And the answer is, is for you to do what God told you to do. That's the message of the, of the prophets. And every single one of those is full of a message for you as you look at raising your children. Protecting your children. Having the attitude of that if you've got a child who has grown and is so rebellious that he's disrespectful and will not listen to authority that you will be will despise that walking in sin to the point that you can't have anything to do with it. This is why parents were required to throw the first stone if their child was so misbehaved and so rebellious towards authority. That's why they were required to throw the first stone. They weren't the only ones doing it because it needed to be stopped. It was a bad thing for the whole people. That a child had grown to that level of disregard for authority and for doing what is right. Well, the parents, one, need to have that much respect for authority themselves. They need to respect God and his word that much first. So much so that when their child refuses to listen to it, they will do what's necessary to get that child's attention or to bring about the punishment that God deems. Fortunately for us, we're not under the Old Testament law anymore. We're not, we're not Hebrews who are living under the old law. That's not a requirement for us, stoning our children. But sometimes tough love still comes into play. Do I love my children enough? And do I love God enough to still do the right thing even when it's hard? Because my child has decided to do something that makes it hard. And that's not a matter of not knowing what to do. That's a matter of will. Am I going to be obedient to God? And I will suggest that every lesson that you need to teach your children about obeying you begins by you asking yourself, are you willing to obey God in the way that you train your children? We know what the fruit of the Spirit is over in Galatians 5. You know it's good for you. You know you need to learn it. That you need to teach this to yourself. And you need to be walking in it so that you're engaging with the brethren in this way. You know it's all good. But it's also good for your children. Start with them. God shows us a pattern in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, when he says, from the time they get up in the morning until the time they lay down at night. As you go about your day, eating, working, talk to them about God and God's word. If you need to know how to love your brethren and your family and your husband and your children, your children need to know and be expected to love one another, to show love to you, and to show love to other people. You're going to have to teach it to them. That's usually an easy one. We can show them how to love on each other, right? Um, and usually we can show them how to be joyful. But what about peace? Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. 
Do we teach them how to be at peace so they're not fe fearful? Do we teach them how to rightly manage the fears that come into their lives? Because they have them. We don't want to diminish them. But how do they manage them? Do we give them the skills for that? Or do we nurture those fears because those fears make them come to us? Do we give them what they need? Do we have them rely on God? Do we show them ourselves that we are at peace with whatever chaos is going around us? We're still at peace because we know what God says. It doesn't mean that the world around us is always quiet and peaceful. That's what we pray for. It's what we long for, but it's not what we've been promised. But do we show our children the kind of peace that we expect from them? We expect them not to bicker with one another. We expect them to share and to be at peace with each other. Are we that way with everybody else? Are we, at that, are we that way with them? Are we at peace with our children? Are we constantly irritated and nitpicking and not treating them in a peaceful way? Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is nothing more than the ability to be trusted. I am showing the quality that I can be trusted. I am one who is faithful to what God has said. This is a quality that we need to train in our children and obedience is how that is reflected. I know that they're going to do what I tell them to. They're faithful because they, they are obedient. Am I having that expectation? God says this is something for me to know. Do I know it well enough that I expect my children to learn it? And they're not going to learn all that on day one. This is a process just like it is for us. This is a walk and it's baby steps. Remember when Peter talks about that there are those who get the milk? They're like newborn babes. There again, God talking about givens. Things that we understand and comparing it to spiritual matters. Babies don't start out eating meat because they're not ready for it yet. Well, so I'm not going to I'm not going to study revelation with my 2-year-old. They're going to have no idea what I'm talking about. I might read it in their presence as a book that I'm reading, but we're not going to study it and make them quote it and all of that. Because it's not a part of their world yet. But learning about creation and learning about Jesus being the one who spoke everything into creation and all of the good things that lead to hope, those are things that I can teach them. Trusting in God's word, showing them that mama has to be obedient to God because I love God and I want to please God. And this is also why mama expects you to do what mama says. If you love mama, you're going to do what mama tells you to do. Because that's what Jesus said to his disciples. It's what God says to us. It's part of the process. That faithfulness, that being able to trust and doing what is good. Proverbs are rife with children who bring stress to their parents. Lazy children. Children who lie. Children who refuse to listen to their parents. Who won't listen to the wisdom of their parents. They're rebellious. They bring grief to their parents. The ones who bring joy are the ones who are obedient and faithful and ones who work with them. 
That's what the goal is. That's what we're working towards. Well, how do we get that? It doesn't just happen by snapping our fingers. And it's not a lost cause that it can't happen with yours. It doesn't just happen. It's done in all those little breaths of every day. In how you reacted to something this morning when you got up and dealt with them. And if you didn't deal with it well, how did you respond to that? You want your children to be able to say, I'm sorry. Learn to say you're sorry to your children when you act like you should not. Show them what humility looks like. Show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness because you did something wrong. If you are unjust in the way that you are handling a situation, you assume they did something wrong and they didn't, you don't hear them out, you don't get all of the facts, you just come in and just deal with it, and it's too heavy-handed and it's gotten too big, what's going to be more important, your pride or showing them that you understand you went too far and saying you're sorry and telling them that you had to ask God for forgiveness for that because you didn't do right. Do you know how I know to do that with my kids? It's because God told me to do that. He told me to do it with him. And he told me to do it with other people. My kids are people. And they're little people who need to learn how to grow up and be functioning people. So your Bible is chock full of lessons and how to raise your children. He gives you examples. He gives you good examples. He gives you bad examples. He shows you that not all children are going to behave the way that you want them to. Not everybody's going to listen to the message. It doesn't stop you from giving the message and expecting them to listen. There's a pattern here for you. And it is one that empowers you as a parent. Because if you're drawing on the power of God's word... To train up your children, then that Proverbs 22, 6 very much can be a reality in your world. Your children are going to have to decide one day. Their will becomes their own at some point. When they're two, really it's not theirs. You're deciding what their will is. You're training their will. They can make some choices. They can let you know whether they like things or not. But they don't know enough to have a will that is free. They need training. That's what God tells you. But there is a time when they become as an adult. One who is as an adult who's going to have to make those decisions for themselves that they are going to answer and have a free will whether or not they follow in the things that you laid down in front of them. But if you trust God's word and you've done the best that you knew to do, with God's word then that's all that you can do and you can go to the Lord and you can go Lord open their hearts let them see it there's nothing more for me to do help me to keep living by your word and shining that light to them because that's all I've ever done and help me to keep doing that and help me to trust your word trust God with your children Use his word to parent your children. Yep, there's lots of books out there, and I've read several. Always got very frustrated with them, though. 
And I didn't realize why I was frustrated with them until I learned to take this perspective with my scriptures. Is that I was frustrated because, one, the parenting books don't agree. And they can have very different ideas of things. And two, they just were always lacking in the original position from where you come from of why should I be able to expect any of this of my kids? Where's the authority? Because those books don't have any of the authority in them. But God's word does. So I want to encourage you. God shows us what it is like to have children who are rebellious. Because guess what? God's children are quite often rebellious. He shows us that he understands your heartache. Shows us the distress that he felt because Israel just would not obey. God got to the point he just wanted to destroy them. You think he understands your desire and frustration with your children? You know, there's that old quote that I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. Those moments of frustration when we think and say those kinds of things. God had that. And Moses had to walk him back. Moses reminded him, this is not what you want people to know about you. You have been a God who has been long-suffering and teaching and promising these people something. And God listened to Moses. And he didn't destroy Israel. He kept on keeping on. He gets it when you have a bad day. God has lots of bad days. God designed a situation where every day he has people he loves desperately who just turn to walk away from him, who will not listen to him, who will not listen to sense, who will not respond to reprimands and corrections and loving desire for them to come to do what's right. Every day of our lives, God encounters that and he does it by choice. He allows that to be done to him so that we can have free will. He's willing to take that hit to allow us the opportunity to choose and to see the value in him and to reach out and go towards him. It is no different with our children. The goal is, is that your children are going to reach for you and they're going to long to come to you. But sometimes that just doesn't happen. (laughs) But you know what? That's one day. So you get up the next day. And you go again. And you start over. If the Lord gives you another day, you do the best you can. Learning from what happened yesterday and applying it to today. But take your scriptures and learn from them. Walk through them. Book of Exodus, Leviticus, Book of Proverbs, Isaiah, First Samuel, lots of examples about parenting. You want to talk about parents and children? Look at what happens between parents and children in Scripture. What does God tell the parents to do? Go to Deuteronomy 6. Those first nine verses are full of teaching for how you get through your day. How best to lay down the rails for your children so they know the right way to walk. It gives an excellent example for that. Proverbs is full of that. The New Testament is full of all of that. 
trust it and use it. Become an expert in God's book. He's the expert on parenting as well as everything else. Trust his book enough to use it. I don't know how to deal with my child when they talk back. Well, what a, define that. What is talking back? If they are talking back at you, giving you what for, not being submissive, what are they doing? Well, they're rebelling. They're arguing. God gives you lots of examples of how to deal with people for that. Does God tell you to spend a whole lot of time arguing with foolish people? Sometimes your teenager is the fool. Stop arguing with them. And part of the problem sometimes is that we don't wear our authority like we believe that God gave it to us. You are the parent. He gave you authority. Period. You need to use it. If you don't believe in the authority God gave you, why would your children? Trust him. And let God's word speak its way into life for your children and for you. Your relationships will be blessed for it. But even if your children walk away from it, your relationship with the Lord will be strengthened through the process. And so while you have sorrow over the choices that your child might make, you won't have lost everything because your children walking away from it won't destroy your faith in God because you've been building your faith as you've been giving them the good news that God gave you to share. Trust it. Show them that you know how to be obedient so they know what it looks like. And just trust God's way. And then use the wisdom that he gives you. He tells older women to teach the younger women how to love, which is phileo, like your children. <laughs> Sometimes we need help knowing how to like them. We can do what's in their best interest, but we don't enjoy them. Go to the older women that you know and ask them to help you. Ask them, would you show me how God can help me to correct this problem that I have with my kids? Help me to mind this gap. What is the problem? And listen to them. Take their wisdom, match it up to God's word, and then follow it if it goes with God's word. Trust that God said it's right for older women to have knowledge to hand down to younger women. And use it. Trust God's way. And use the Bible as your textbook for raising those adorable little children who come in. Everybody says they come with no, no user's manual. It's not true. They do. They come with a manual. God wrote it ages ago. They do come with a manual. You just have to open it. Not like the one in the car that you just leave there and just call the, call the mechanic and ask them to fix it because you never look in the book. You don't know how any of that works. You don't know what goes together. You know, whatever. Or maybe that's just me. But your kids do come with a book. God put a lot of effort into making sure that you have that. All of that knowledge. All of those examples. 
He did not leave you without recourse. He is there for you to lean on on the days that it's hard. He is there to rejoice with you on the days that are wonderful. And he has provided you with the knowledge that you need, that you can use, that you can apply. It doesn't mean that you can't. Adam and Eve managed to birth and raise sons with no parent other than God. Eve managed to mother and wife and all of these things before there were any other people to ask. A lack of people around you to ask is not an excuse to not know. God's given you a book. Use it. Wear it out. Work on your knowledge and every day grow in it. And as you grow in it, share it with your children. It is a recipe for success. Far better than anything that all those books on Amazon have to offer. There might be something that you can go look for in those books. Practical something, how to specifically do this with your kids. How to do this, you know, things like that. That it's like, I know I need to teach them, but here's a method for how to do that. Okay. But don't put your faith in those books. And the wisdom of those people. Put your faith in God's word and in the brethren that you know. Because that's where he's told you to go. And then look at that darling little baby that's in your arms and trust that you can parent that child because God said you can when he said that you were supposed to. So, <laughs> I hope that this encourages you to open up your Bible. Use it to apply it to the daily things. It applies as much to your grandchildren as it does to your children. You have a tool that you have been given to make use of. You are not left high and dry, and I hope you're encouraged by that. See God's word as the one expert that you need. So until next time, I hope that you enjoy this, and I will put links below, below this episode. There will be links to go to those scripture writing plans. Uh, to give you, you know, a little bit of help starting out looking at things specifically as a parent um, in your scriptures. Um, also, there's Bible study um, about parenting that um, goes through how does God teach us how to parent? What's his plan for parents? And I'll put a link for that below as well. Um, and look at that. And then also check out the other podcast episodes. Find the other ones that talk about how to use the Bible as a textbook and the other ones that look specifically at different teachings and how to apply them to yourself because then lo and behold you know what to teach your children so it all just kind of builds one on the other so I encourage you to look at all of those and until next time we will see you then Thanks for joining me today on the Diligent Woman Podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes and share those with your friends. Until next time, enjoy.